I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Hello and welcome to the World Cricket Show, the world's favourite cricket show. My name is Adam Bayfield and I'll be your host tonight. And joining me via an internet telephone is an award-winning broadcaster by the name of Tony Kerr. Hello. <laughs> Hello, can you hear me, Tony? You, uh, well, I got as far as, or heard as much as, you know, by the name of... <laughs> And I thought you were sort of again scrambling around on your script. The line just dropped out for a second, did exactly, it? Exactly, yeah. Although I think maybe you were trying to remember who your <laughs> co-host of 300 plus episodes was. Well, you were on tenterhooks, I imagine, wondering who's it going to be. Will it be Nick Knight? <laughs> will, it, will it be Charles Colville? Just hear the yeah, hear someone else introduced, and then just hear like just sort of some cut off the call. But well, no, I mean. I mean, you're forgetting about your numerous awards tone. Well, that's true, yeah, for, exactly. For broadcasting. The worldies, the the awards the, the management give out at the World Cricket Show end of year party. Co-host of the year, three of the last four years. That's been a good run. Yeah. <laughs> Can't really argue with that. Do you fancy your chances again this year? I'd like to be in the running. As long as I get a nomination, then I'll be happy. Well, of course, the year that you didn't win it, it was controversially awarded to the silences between when you say things. But you know, I, I, I reckon you could, uh, I reckon you could pull off a fourth award this year. A, a heist, it would be. <laughs> yeah. How are you doing this week? Yeah, all good, thanks. Yeah, just chilling. I literally don't know how you're doing because as we were, you know, as we were setting up, as we were on the line and, and getting ready to record, I was, you know, I was. Asking you, you know, curious, curious to know how you're doing. You're like, we may as well just press ahead with the podcast, mate. To be honest, <laughs> well, no, you had I was absolutely slightly... no interest in any uh, in any banter with me, pre-show banter. I was anxious about the technology, so I thought, you know, just if we start recording the banter in a kind of, you know, under the guise that it's the podcast, then <laughs> you can just sort of use that. It's true, and you know, it's all gold, isn't it? So it may as well go in, but. Uh, you know, it just, it sounded to me like we'd probably been speaking for about 45 seconds when you were like, you may as well just start recording, mate. <laughs> let, me, let me interrupt it you there. It sounded to me like you had a pizza in the oven or something. I wish. <laughs> I do wish. No, it's all good, thanks. Yeah, just uh, hold up in Jersey. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry just, to hear that. Yeah, it's all right. I'll get through it. Uh, no, I'm, of course, completely impartial these days. <laughs> So, uh, well, impartial between Guernsey and Jersey. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, none of that, please. <laughs> don't, don't, don't try and get me into any hot water. I have been trying. Like my, <laughs> my, my, I've been sending a lot of letters to your office. Uh, well, actually, just to ITV Central Office. I'm, I'm expecting you will be hauled in in front of Ant and Deck any day now. <laughs> yeah, so Ant and Deck, Susanna Reid and Pierce Morgan. <laughs> 
it's just a, a panel, a panel of judges. And, um, and Gabriel Clark, Gabriel Clark, what's he called? <laughs> Gabriel Clark. Yeah. I see. I'll get me into more trouble. Just demanding to know why you've been <laughs> bad mouthing Jersey on the podcast. <laughs> Ant, Judge Rinder, and Gabriel Clark. <laughs> yeah, Deck didn't make the cut. <laughs> yeah, Deck. Deck was a bit toothless in his last panel. <laughs> well, yeah, it's not a panel I'd want to face. That's for sure. I wouldn't want to be in your Absolutely shoes. Absolutely not. It's a sort of ITV, ITV select committee kind of style hearing. Uh, well, as you may be able to hear in my voice, Tone, uh, I've got what I can only describe as a bit of a cold. <laughs> Here we go. So I hope I get through this one. At least you're in, you know, at least we're not in the same studio tonight. You are. We're separated by a stretch of water. So yeah. I can't infect you as Thankfully I normally you're quarantined. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I was, I was at a wedding this weekend. And uh, just still recovering, really. The yeah, big one was it? Uh, yeah, well, it was just a lot of travelling, wasn't it? Because it was it. Yeah, it's very selfishly. My friend who lives in London decided to have his wedding in London. Had to get the plane over, delayed in both directions. Oh god, sob story. You can believe that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, not sobbing as much as um, the groom during his speech. Emotional. His groom speech. Yeah. Well, it was one of those where like. It, it was. It was actually. It was very funny. It was a very funny speech. But it was one of those where, at the end, you know, you know, there's all the gags, and then you say something, you know, sincere and tender about your bride. Uh, I was going to say it's a bit like the World Cricket Show until you said <laughs> bride. Yeah, and then you know, when he got to the sincere and tender bit, he started welling up. But welling up in that way that you know, initially everyone was like, oh. But then he literally couldn't, like, he kept trying to say the line and he tried like five or six times and he just broke down every time. And eventually everyone's like, ugh, <laughs> this is awkward. <laughs> He's still there now, actually. I just, uh, I, I just shot off. I, I uh, had to head to the airport, but um, I think he's still going. You can't hang around for that sort of guff, can you? <laughs> Do you remember at our friend Will's wedding a few years back? His is probably my favourite ever groom speech. Because he he was obviously very nervous and he was he, like he had it all written down and he was just kind of he's basically just reading it like you know like some like someone doing their talk in year nine their talk about their holiday in Portugal or whatever um, but yeah so he was reading the speech and he he goes uh, it's like oh and uh, and finally to my beautiful bride Cassie I just want to say that you look absolutely and then he turned the page over <laughs> stunning today. <laughs> It was gloriously scripted. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, wedding chat, really, lots of weddings. Well, a wedding at the weekend. Uh, so, and I've just really come down with a cold. So hopefully I'll, uh, I'll get through this one. Any, uh, any issues at your end or shall we press on? I was going to say, you're literally, you're sort of the person who sort of glimpses the Gatwick Express and comes down with something. <laughs> it's true. Any, any exposure to the outside world, you just succumb. Yeah, it's like some kind of weird horror movie isn't it like when i <laughs> just, when i step off the plane yeah. in england <laughs> immediately infected well I've, I've yeah i do a lot of commuting at the moment between uh between jersey and guernsey and guernsey oh, you've and not jersey. mentioned this actually yeah, too. back and forth of it oh yeah so i've actually been doing a lot of commuting by ferry recently <laughs> yeah uh it's like yeah it's kind of like the staten island ferry but less glam well i was gonna say less glamorous that's not very glamorous is it but no. the location involved is perhaps more glamorous well it's, it's more exotic to us but then we, you know if if you were from new york yeah it wouldn't be but it's absolutely it's so 
the sort of ferry services between the islands and between the UK. I mean, they're absolutely packed to the gunnels with pensioners. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm often well, and, and children to be fair, there are there are children, but it would be like a really neat commute. It would be like it's because it's about an hour. It's great, you know. Flats right right by the ferry in Guernsey. Work in Jersey is right by the ferry, so it could be the perfect commute. Except it normally takes about twenty minutes to walk up the gangplanks. It's like everyone's <laughs> just going so slow, right? I can imagine you stay very calm and, and composed and really keep your temper while that's happening, do you? Yeah, yeah, usually. No, I'm, I'm pretty patient, but I do like I do like a, a brisk walk. To be fair, yeah. you're just kicking children off the gangplank, <laughs> so just sailing down into the water below. Yeah, exactly. Come on, out the way. <laughs> I'm surprised you see much of them because presumably they're down in steerage, are they? And you're uh, you're up there in first class. Yeah, if there was a first class, no, there's uh, they're just sort of there's, what, no, there's no bloody first class on this ferry. It's <laughs> very much one class, and it all smells of sausage roll. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like you. It, do you know what I mean? Like on a boat, on a ferry, really, the one thing you're looking for is either fresh air, which you can get. To be fair, you know but preferably shelter with fresh air, but you just don't get it because there's sort of one auditorium, I don't know how to describe it, of seating. Uh, and it's sort of, yeah, it is an auditorium because it's kind of, you know, it's fan, the seats fan out from around a central kitchen, which just <laughs> produces the most god-awful smelling food you can imagine. And of course, at sea as well, it's not not ideal. Yeah. God, I take it back actually, Tony. When I said this, when I said the Staten Island ferry was no more glamorous than that. Yeah, I think the Staten. We'll ask Gordon <laughs> McRae about it. <laughs> yeah, Brooklyn correspondent. He'll know. I mean, we should probably talk about cricket, shouldn't we? This is yeah, the problem, Tony. When you when you veto my attempts at small talk before <laughs> the start of the show, I mean, we'd have had all this ferry chat beforehand. Uh, but how's your pizza? Is it burning? Or do you, yeah, do you need to? You need to break for a second. Or? Yeah, don't tease, don't tease. Uh, well, let me quickly tell you what's coming up on the show today, shall I? Yeah, there is cricket to talk about, all sorts of cricket, actually. The English summer is meandering towards a conclusion. Uh, so we're going to be digging into that, talking about the final test match of the summer, England's series-clinching victory over the West Indies, and, uh, and some of the limited overs stuff that's been happening as well. We've just had the first ODI today. Uh, so lots to talk about there. There have been some moderately historic events in Pakistan over the last week or so. These World Eleven games, Tone. The return of international cricket to Pakistan. Uh, so lots to talk about there as well. And we'll probably find a few other bits and bobs to talk about as well. Essex winning the county championship and that kind of thing. So we probably should crack on, shall we? Are you ready for this, Tone? I'm ready. Uh, well, if you cast your mind back to the top of the show, I mentioned that the English summer is meandering towards a conclusion. Uh, and yeah, there's been so well, as I say, there's been some limited overs cricket uh, today and, and over the week and over the weekend between the home side and the West Indies. There's very much a late summer vibe to the whole thing. Uh, it's September, the nights are drawing in. Uh, it's really not been very summery in the last couple of weeks. I, uh, I checked the BBC Sport website earlier tone thinking oh i think the cricket starts around now you know i was at work um obviously i i never normally check bbc sport at work but i I made an exception uh and i had a quick look and i thought oh the cricket starts around now on the home page it just came up wet outfield delays toss (laughs) it's like it's definitely it's definitely late summer isn't it 
Um, but yeah, so the first ODI has literally just finished about half an hour ago. England won pretty convincingly, didn't they? They did. Do you want me to run through it? Yeah, go for it. Uh, well, West Indies made 204 for nine from their 42 overs. Uh, rain reduced. Rain reduced, exactly. Uh, Chris Gale started pretty briskly, didn't he? 37 from 27 balls. Uh, dropped by Joe Root, uh, I think when he was on naught. Uh, but anyway, Root held on to the catch a bit later on, got him out. But yeah, no uh, no sort of massive innings of note. Jason Holder did a bit of damage uh, down the order. But yeah, anyway, 204 for nine. And, and yeah, England knocked it off pretty comfortably, didn't they? Johnny Bairstow opening up in this series, uh, made exactly 100, finished not out. Joe Root, uh, 54, had uh, a run of ball. And then uh, Ben Stokes as well, I think, finished it off with a six, didn't he? 23 from 10. Uh, to, to kill the game off at the end and they had bags of time left about 11 overs to spare thanks Dan I've really lived that one you yeah. always have a go at me you always have a go at me for uh, taking too long over my uh, my recaps of the games but that was an absolute opus I actually went and made myself a pizza there and I've eaten it already well I think that's possibly the first recap I've ever done in three, 301 <laughs> episodes whatever it is 310 episodes yeah so yeah, I did put you on the spot there a bit, didn't I? But um, but yeah, I really feel like I watched the game. So yeah, so that was the first ODI. And yeah, we had the one and only T20 on the weekend as well on Saturday. West Indies were the ones who won that, um, setting a good total thanks to Chris Gale and Evan Lewis. Uh, and then yeah, bowling in and out well short. That was my recap tone. Oh, you're cutting out. What's that? Can you hear me now? No, you've got all roboty. Hang on. See what's happened here. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Tony, are you there? I think so. It's the next day. We had some technical <laughs> problems. We've been working through the night. Yeah, I've not uh, had any sleep, actually. <laughs> Just coffee and coffee and croissants keeping me going, really. It's nearly 24 hours later, and uh, so that's a lot of croissants. <laughs> well, uh, I'm just hoping that nothing's changed since we recorded the first bit. I mean, is it still still relevant? Well, the past can't change, can it? So th- that glorious recap you did of the first ODI, that does still stand. That is what happened. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, has have the times moved on? I wonder if... Uh, I wonder if all the points I'm going to make about Mark Ramprakash and how he should be in the team, whether they still are relevant. <laughs> that's my go-to gag, isn't it? Mark Ramprakash. It is. That's, that's my guy. It's sort of, it's tabloid humour, isn't it? <laughs> but it's good. It's good stuff. Um, oh, thanks, mate. Yeah, I'll mix it up a bit next time. Bring out, you know, I'll wheel out Graham Hick maybe next time. Yes, well, I, uh, I, I, I did. Uh, I don't know if you heard it, but I did manage to give the listeners a recap of the T Twenty on Saturday as well, uh, which, of course, the West Indies won, as as you might remember. Uh, I mean, as we'll, I'm, I'm, you know, we'll, we'll just move on, Tim. We'll pretend that this twenty four hours hasn't <laughs> elapsed because for the listeners it hasn't. Uh, but yeah, as we'll as we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, yeah, the West Indies had a, a much better test series than perhaps anyone expected but still on the face of it they should be more comfortable in white ball cricket than they are in red ball cricket shouldn't they although that being said it has you know they have just officially it's just officially been confirmed that they are going to have to qualify for the next world cup because their ranking is is so low so actually you know maybe not quite as good in odis as as in t20s 
but you know, but as I say, at least on the face of it, you'd think they'd be more comfortable in this kind of cricket than in the test matches. Well, you would, yeah. But as you say, the ranking <laughs> suggests not so. And I suppose they've just, you know, they've got some of their bigger names coming back. And I know we, we you know, over the sort of the test series, obviously we spoke about uh, the fact that there were no big names. They would do really badly. Then the, the not big names did really well uh, in that one test. Uh, and then not so well. But, uh, you know, clearly they've the, this whole qualification period for the World Cup has been... Uh, has been a bit troubled, hasn't it? But that, it's going to be a pretty difficult task for them to, to go and, and actually qualify, isn't it? Have you seen the uh, sort of schedule for that? Yeah, it's not straightforward by any means, is it? No, exactly. And, uh, you know, there will be... That, that won't be much fun. Uh, well, I, I mean, what, two two teams are going to qualify from the tournament, from the 10-team tournament. So uh, that's going to be pretty cutthroat. Be worth watching. I mean, as you say, they, they do have players coming back. Chris Gale, one of those players coming back in he's obviously not in the test side uh, another guy coming in Evan Lewis he's a really exciting player isn't he and he, he, he's got some runs in that T20 and, and you may have seen that, that he and Gail had a, a breathtaking partnership for St Kitts and the CPL the other day and actually Lewis made Gail look pedestrian he he, uh, he smashed well he just didn't quite manage 100 but he, he was going at a you know a, a way higher strike rate than Gail which, which does take some going so yeah, so they've got some you know some exciting players coming into the limited over side. <laughs> I was going to say Gale. I mean, Gale is Gale's taking lackadaisical to new levels, isn't he? In in yeah, in this this sort of past well past couple of games that we've seen him. Certainly, the run out was pretty chilled. That sort of <laughs> Bayfield esque running, uh, and then I don't know, just some of the straight play. Obviously, you know. He's, he was looking pretty good, wasn't he, in the ODI uh, and in the, the T20, and yeah, some of the straight play relaxed but sort of gale at his best the bayfield-esque running like i always used to get run out but it wasn't it was nothing to do with being relaxed that was quite the opposite i was absolutely pelting it like, <laughs> like busting a gut my problem was invariably my pads were six sizes too big for me and i just couldn't get anywhere <laughs> yeah also i'm just very slow <laughs> even when i'm running as fast as i can there's two major problems there definitely <laughs> You may be able to tell, Tay, listeners may be able to tell that in this 24-hour gap, my cold has got worse. So I, I sound even even uh, groggier than I did earlier on in the episode. Yeah, well, exactly. But hopefully we can knock it on the head today and, you know, we don't have to come back again tomorrow for a third <laughs> effort uh, when you're sort of, sort of bedridden and kind of barely muster a, you know, muster a pun or, or an impression. Well, no, I'll press ahead, Tay. I mean, I'm, I am a, a brave little soldier, aren't I? So um, we'll get through it. A real kind of uh, real kind of polar opposites the, that T Twenty and and that first ODI. It wasn't a full strength England side in the T Twenty. Obviously, Moeen Ali and Ben Stokes both rested. Uh, what did you make of that decision to rest them? It's not. It, it wasn't a universally popular decision, particularly resting Stokes, who obviously would have been playing on his on his home ground. Uh, that attracted quite a lot of criticism. Yeah, a bit of a shame for the crowd. I mean. Uh, you know, it's a sort of tough enough ask anyway with the, the game stretching sort of deep into September. I mean, the, the, the couple of games that we've seen so far have been uh, testing for the crowd as much as for the players, I think. But yeah, a bit of a shame. I mean, I, I don't really know why they didn't sort of, they could have just rested Stokes surely for, for one of these ODIs. Uh, I mean, of all yeah. the games to rest someone, is it a single T20? Seem, yeah, it's not exactly high impact, is it? Well, you wouldn't think so. Like, it is a bit strange, isn't it? It's like, oh, we need to rest Stokes ahead of the Ashes. And it's like, well, is missing one T20 really going to make that much difference? I don't know. I don't know if it's worth 
the uh, the hoo ha um, to Ra- and it's the fact that he was resting on his home ground. I mean, it is it's a genuinely difficult question, I think, and you know, uh, like because on the one hand, I I I agree with what you were kind of alluding to there that. The, you know these games in September against, as we say, what is a, a very low-ranked West Indies side, uh, with all the weather and everything else at the end of a very long summer that's had the Champions Trophy as well. You know, you think, is there any point in these games? And if there is any point, it might be to play some of the fringe players. To you know, do are we learning very much from watching Ben Stokes play these games? Would it not be better to have a look at Tom Curran or you know Mason Crane? Tom Helm, like the guys who are kind of on the fringes, that would be quite exciting. But on the other hand, I, I also understand that if you're if you've paid for a ticket uh, to go and watch this game live, and then you're told at the last minute, you know, that actually, I guess it's a bit like when you go to a West End show, isn't it? And you find out that that you know <laughs> J- Jude Law or whoever is going to be replaced by an understudy you've never heard of. It's 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 probably a bit disappointing. Oh, you say Beppe from EastEnders. <laughs> Yeah, Jude Law's been replaced by Mark Ramprakash. I was pretty miffed earlier in the summer because I went to the uh, to one of the to the England South Africa ODI at Lords. Uh, yeah, and England decided to rest uh, rest a couple of people, including Stokes, that day, uh, and then they were twenty for six. So the game was over within uh, yeah, game was effectively over as a contest within about sort of forty minutes. So uh, that was the yeah, twenty for was, six game, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that that wasn't great. So yeah, I, I do. I, yeah, I understand the frustrations of yeah. You know, if you're going to sort of put on this this circus of, of ODIs at the end of the summer, uh, you may as well get your gun players in there. Yeah. So like, I do. I really do think it's quite a difficult issue. Like, I can totally see both sides. Particularly as well, you know, we, we've spoken about it obviously, you know, all year. But you know, it, the one T20 against the West Indies, the most expensive T20 player. Yeah, it seems a shame not to you know, yeah, yeah, give them a chance or give the crowd a chance to see him and, you know, when they're going to probably be seeing him on the TV in the, uh, the IPL yeah, next mm, April. Yeah, on his home ground as well. Yeah. So, yeah, a tricky one. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just, just going back to the, uh, the game itself, yeah, I mean, well, Owen Morgan has had a, a, a tough couple of games. He had a bad night in the T20. He got two from 11 balls. And he was out for 10 or so yesterday. He's actually in desperate form at the moment. He's not played a lot of cricket. He did have a spell in the Caribbean Premier League last month where he absolutely bombed. So his uh, his recent run of scores uh, goes 0-1-0-5-2-2-2-10. So, yes, not uh, not fantastic. And, I mean, he's been in brilliant form in ODIs over the last year. Uh, but, yeah, not in great form with the bat at the moment. So hopefully a return to ODIs might might get him going again. Um, I mean, just just going back, if we might, Tone, briefly to the Test Series. Obviously, that was a while ago now, and so we're quite late to the party here. But I feel, I feel, I feel we ought to say <laughs> something about that third test, the, the deciding test that, that no one expected would be a deciding test. Um, you know, last time we spoke, not yesterday, but last time, <laughs> last episode we recorded, uh, we were looking forward to that decider and um, you know we genuinely thought it was up in the air who would win but it was England in the end that, that managed to emerge victorious very low scoring game no team posted 200 West Indies were bowled out for 123 it seemed like England were in control of the game after that but then they were bowled out for 194 Kimar Roach taking five wickets uh, but then West Indies when they had the opportunity to maybe build a match winning lead were bowled out again for less than 200 for 177 Jimmy Anderson taking seven wickets 
Uh, I, I don't know if you noticed as well that he went past 500 test wickets in, in the game. Uh, and that set England just 107 to win. And there, you know, there wasn't really enough pressure there. And they, they ended up winning by nine wickets. So, yeah, pretty comfortable victory in the end. Although it was, I thought, another very good test match, Tony. It was, it was competitive all the way through. Uh, until that final innings, West Indies just just didn't quite have enough to to put pressure on them in that that run chase. Ultimately, and does this is this the same across the series as a whole? Ultimately, England just a little bit too strong. Well, yeah, they won it, didn't they? So, yeah, as you said, no, I think it, it was decent, wasn't it? it? You know, the scores were all pretty much of a muchness, except for England just got the got to that target pretty comfortably. Uh, yeah. Um, Pretty low key stuff, is it? I mean, that that was a very very memorable win uh, at Headingley for the West Indies. That will stick out. I don't think, from an England perspective, necessarily the other two will be will be memorable uh, in the slightest. The the Anderson milestone, you know, added a little bit of interest there. But, but you know, generally speaking, I think it's just it's just on with the ashes, isn't it? Now, yeah, I think that's true. Although, you know, if we're if that's what you want to do is go on with the ashes, you know, this, this does maybe raise some flags. I mean, I, 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 I actually, I, I enjoyed this test series leaving aside the first game maybe, but as I say, I think it was, it was a relatively close game, this, this third test. And I, I do love a low scoring game. I think low scoring test cricket is, is almost always brilliant. But, you know, if you look at the series as a whole, okay, yeah, the first test, not so much, but the, the second two games, it did look like two pretty well-matched sides. Now, Given you know, if you're looking ahead to the Ashes, is that a bit of a worry maybe for England that it looks as though they're fairly evenly matched with the West Indies? I mean, or is it are West Indies much better than they seem, or are England actually not as good as they seem, or is it as every single one of my undergraduate essays ended up concluding, is it somewhere in the middle? It's a bit of both. You tied it together there nicely. One paragraph mm. about yeah, each of them, and then bring it all home. <laughs> Yeah, just three paragraphs for my undergraduate essay. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what you need, really. Tells the story. I, d- <laughs> I never like to waffle in essays. I didn't really get the point. Yeah, that's what you. <laughs> that was you in your seminar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Justifying mate, yeah. yourself to your tutor. I don't like to waffle. No, it is a bit of both, isn't it? For sure. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah. England have got enough names, enough enough people. You know, that you, it's not a desperate situation. It's not desperately worrying, but. You know, I think if you roll back to the start of the summer, you know, Root taking over the captaincy, I don't think he's done a, he, you know, he's done a, a decent job. I don't think you could ask much more uh, from him. Uh, but, you know, I think you'd, you'd, as an England fan, or England fans would have been hoping, and the selectors obviously, and the team, I guess, uh, but would have been hoping probably to be in a bit more of a certain position, yeah, a little bit more certainty come the end of the year. I mean, I suppose that, there's a, a dis, there's a sense of some certainty, you know, you know, Milan. Well, I don't know who, who do you think is going to make the the lineup. We'll talk about that in a few weeks. But yeah, it's not we're not going in all guns blazing. I was hoping we'd do a uh, a kind of round table discussion like they did on Sky uh, <laughs> for our Ashes selection meeting. And it, you said you'd listen to that. You didn't watch it, but it was it was quite a funny setup. Yeah, the Sky verdict special where they discussed the. Ashes squad. There was one thing in that that I've mentioned to you that really irritated me, which was that um, Sri and Botham, who was part of the panel, uh, like they asked him a question. And it's, it was taking a long time to decide what they wanted to do about you know Wesley, Milan, Stoneman, and they they asked both of them what he thought, and he and he went, "To be honest, can we just get on with this? I've got to get to a barbecue in a minute." <laughs> it's, like, it's like 
Ian, if you don't want to be here, there's, you know, there's probably a few people who'd prefer, you know, few people who'd volunteer. Um, but, you yeah, know, it is it is tricky. And yeah, I think we'll 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 have an in-depth discussion. As we say, we'll probably will talk about the ashes uh, a bit closer to the time. Um, but yeah, it's. I'm not sure that this West Indies series has answered many questions, has it? It's uh, it's raised plenty, but it's not answered many. And yeah, I, I don't know that we're really much further forward anywhere. Like the, the the spots in the team that are settled were already settled, and the spots in the team that aren't settled are still not settled. So uh, yeah, it's it's not really got us very far at all this series. Yeah, exactly. And you know, the, the Aussies aren't exactly in you know an unbelievably strong position themselves they've they'd probably look look better better off than england at the moment but uh but no i mean it, it does set things up there'll be a lot of interest there'll be a lot of debate discussion ahead of it which is which is good isn't it you know it you know, makes our job a little bit when i say easier not easy is not the right word but yeah yeah no it's, it's a very <laughs> difficult job this it is it is hugely difficult uh but yeah you know if it was a sort of set 11 then it would be just you know off you go yeah I mean, I think, I think you know, while I think it's absolutely the case that this England team are not nearly as good as perhaps they sometimes seem, I think also you do have to give some credit to the West Indies, and I think they, they played much better this summer than, than anybody anticipated. And they've certainly, you know, they've certainly made progress as far as identifying their best players and, and actually just looking like a, you know, like a, a test-quality team, not throughout the team, certainly Kyle, Kyle Hope, it was the lowest return ever, I haven't got the stat in front of me, but it's it's the lowest uh, series aggregate for a series of three tests or more uh, from a batsman ever. I think I don't think he made a double digit score at any point in the series. So you know, maybe he's not maybe nailed down a spot, but his brother Shea Hope, he's looked fantastic, hasn't he? And and the bowlers look good too, uh, Roach and Gabriel, and and it, you know, just generally, I think West Indies have got reasons to be cheerful. Um, in a way that, despite the fact they won the series, England maybe don't. Yeah, they go to they go to New Zealand next, and a couple of tests before uh, before Christmas. So uh, yeah, there's something to build on for them certainly. What do you reckon then about this one day series, Tone? Hopefully, we will get some cricket in. We did manage to get a game in in the end yesterday. I say we managed to get it in as though we were we were out there like mopping up, <laughs> but in the uh, we in the royal sense uh, managed to to get a game in i mean so yeah this this first game was uh was really one sided but you know it could if gale gets going if if some of the other guys get going it it could be quite exciting still definitely yeah uh i mean there is there's a long way to go as well you know, yeah four four more matches so uh yeah plenty on offer uh, yeah i don't I think, yeah i mean I, I still expect england to win it but there's probably more interest, you'd think, with the likes of Gale, as you said, Lewis. You know, there's probably more interest for people in these matches than there were certainly at the outset of the Test series. Yeah, 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 definitely on paper, it should be more exciting, shouldn't it? So yeah, well, we'll be right across it, won't we? We will be. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So the big news tone around the world of cricket over the last week or so has been the return of international cricket to Pakistan. Uh, a world eleven containing the likes of Faf Duplessis, David Miller, Tamim Iqbal, Darren Sammy, Hashim Amla and Paul Collingwood <laughs> uh, played three T20Is in Lahore. Now, with the exception of a, a handful of, of isolated games against Zimbabwe and Bangladesh, these are the first internationals to be played in Pakistan since the attack on the Sri Lanka team bus more than eight years ago. And obviously this follows on the heels of the Pakistan Super League final being played in Lahore earlier this year, which was a big success. So, Tony, an, an extremely significant milestone for cricket. How significant would you say it is? Extremely significant? Yeah, on the scale of significant. Uh, well, it's very significant, isn't it? Mm. Uh, very, very significant. No, you know... And good to see Pakistan winning as well. Some really good performances from them. So you know that will have really ignited, you know, ignited the support, got people going, and I, you know if there was no danger of them not sort of being uh, being well up for it. Yeah, no, I think it's it's great to see. You know, the, the end game has to be for Pakistan to to be hosting you know regular fixtures again as soon as possible. But uh, I don't know how much closer this this moves us to that. Well, you'd think and you would hope that it does move us closer. I mean, it's still tricky and, you know, like I'd still want to be somewhat cautious. There has been a kind of, not completely, but there's been a bit of a sense of like, well, this has proved that it's safe to stage cricket in Pakistan. So let's just get back to the full schedule. You know, I I don't know how realistic that is. Like, you know, this obviously required a, a monumental security operation. And I don't know how sustainable. Obviously, it, that yeah. would that would need to be the case going forward, and I'm sure that is what they'd plan to do. But you know, the, the idea that you'd have to have a kind of military-style security operation for every game of cricket going forward into the indefinite future does seem difficult. Uh, and you know, it, I, I'm just I'm not sure that the security situation in Pakistan has actually changed all that much. I mean, I'm not the I'm not the world's leading geopolitical expert, but still, you know, it's that there've been, you know, lots of attacks in Pakistan this year. There's a big suicide attack in Lahore in July, but so this has presumably come from not the fact that the situation's changed, but it's just more the fact that a recognition that it's probably not going to change in the medium term. So they 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 have to work out how they can get cricket on in the current circumstances or otherwise just accept that it will never happen again. So and and the tricky thing as we've said before, like you might be able to put on that kind of military-style security operation to keep the players safe, but it's much harder to keep the fans safe, isn't it? And even if you can put that kind of ring of steel around the ground, there's always a perimeter, isn't there? And if you're talking about, you know, like England going for a tour there or Australia or whoever, the hotel, you know, it's very, very difficult. And while obviously terrorism is possible anywhere in the world and it's highly likely in the UK at the moment, isn't it? But the difference in Pakistan, and again, we've said this before, but the difference in Pakistan is that cricket and cricket fans in particular would be a target and would be like the probably the highest profile target you could imagine in Pakistan. So it is, it's still very 
difficult, isn't it? And I, I just want to be a little bit hesitant before going too overboard. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and yeah, going back to yeah, exactly the logistics of it all. Uh, I mean, obviously the, the the PCB laid down a pretty significant chunk of money to get the players there initially, and then the ICC uh, paid more than a million uh, dollars for the security operation. So, I mean, that, yeah, that doesn't seem sort of on the surface to be a kind of sustainable outlay, is it, for for that kind of series for a three a three T twenty series? Mm. No, exactly. So. Uh... It is, you know, it's obviously great. It's brilliant news, and and it was it, like it, it was fantastic to to see those scenes in Lahore. And as you say, it was actually like Pakistan won the series; they won it two one. There was some very good cricket. The, the World Eleven won the second game off the final ball. It was actually some very exciting international cricket. So, so it's, it is brilliant news. But I, you know, I'd just be, I'd want to slightly dial back the, you know, any expectations that there might be that this just means right. We can we can just take cricket back to Pakistan properly now like there's still there's still a long way to go yeah but yeah exciting so fingers crossed that it's it's the first of many there there is some there is some talk that the uh that the west indies might be thinking about arranging a, a limited overs tour or t20 tour coming up so yeah it, there, there's obviously more of a mood now that it could happen so um we shall see much like tony kerr watching the movie it this episode of the World Cricket Show has been a nervous, shambling, sweat-soaked mess, and it really needs someone to step in and turn on the house lights. <laughs> it's the end of the show tone, is what I'm trying to it say. It is. Yeah, it is. No, it, actually, it wasn't that scary, was it? It. Yeah, I've got a sort of troubled history with the original adaptation, which was yeah a little bit more creepy and sort of slightly haunted my early childhood. But <laughs> yeah, this, you know, while sort of tricky to, to get back on the saddle... Uh, it wasn't quite as as unsettling as the original. No, I agree, Todd. It wasn't scary at all. No, I certainly <laughs> I certainly haven't been having nightmares for the last week. Um, no, it was uh, no. Well, a few people said that. Like we went to see it with uh, our friends Patrick and Dave as well, and they, like you, uh, yeah, had very scarring memories of the original. And all, all three of you, were like, yeah, it wasn't nearly as scary as the original. But like, you watched the original. In Patrick's case, he watched it when he was six years old. I mean, it's yeah, it's not really that surprising. But uh, well, yeah, well, hopefully, I'll. Uh, with this cold as well, I've been having some kind of weird fever dreams slash. <laughs> it related nightmares um it's my life isn't much fun at the moment is what i'm trying to say well there was a couple more things i wanted to talk about tone uh, i quite wanted to talk about henry blofeld this uh this article that front of the show jonathan Liu wrote in the telegraph that caused a bit of a stir uh, but we're, we're running out, out of time a little bit here we spent a lot of time sorting out these uh, technological issues so we might have to leave that for next time and actually yeah maybe try and talk to johnny about it at some point yeah, um, but uh, but just to quickly mention before we wrap up the county championship, uh, which is well, it's not come to an end yet, but we do have a winner, uh, and it's a, a somewhat surprising winner. Essex have won their first championship title since 1992, and it's a comprehensive victory as well. They've wrapped things up with two games still to play, uh, and yeah, they were only promoted from Division Two last season, so you know straight from from Div Two to champions. This has to go down, I think, as as one of the most surprising things to happen in in English domestic cricket for a very long time. For, you know, probably probably in this century, it's a it's a remarkable story. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, and unbeaten so far. 
uh, and as you say, sort of comprehensively doing the job. Yeah, it, it is is impressive, and you know, not quite as an exciting, uh, quite not quite as it as exciting and a finish. I can't talk. Not quite as exciting as the finish last year. You know, with, with Middlesex, but still, you know, uh, a story in its own right and in a different way for sure. That Roland Jones hat trick you're talking about, but yeah, but it's it's true. Like the last two seasons then the the winner of the county championship you know the winning moment of the county championship has been kind of national news which it quite often isn't uh so you know that's that's good to see isn't it i mean i I can't claim to have seen a huge amount of their title run although i did watch a couple of hours of their game against warwickshire last week uh but yeah i mean in terms of working out how they've done it surely not a coincidence that they had much more access to alistair cook than they've had at any time, you know, for the last decade that he's been in the England team, he played the first eight matches, scored over 600 runs, including three centuries, and uh, and yeah, left for England duty with them 31 points clear at the top of the table. And then, you know, at the other end of the team, they've had uh, this lad, Jamie Porter, fast bowler. He's the leading wicket taker in the County Championship, and he's he's been brilliant and a, a potential England prospect. And then uh, Simon Harmer, the spinner, has been an absolute revelation. He's the second leading wicket taker in the championship, 63 wickets at 20. And, it, you know, obviously very pleased for him. Like, he seems like a nice guy. Didn't Probably didn't get a sort of fair crack at test cricket. But it is, it's a, it's complex emotions that I'm feeling, Tony, because obviously he is a Colpack signing. And we talked a while back about this, didn't we, about this influx of Colpack players and how, you know, it might not be a really be a good thing for either South African or English cricket and they they really have dominated the championship this year not just Harmer but Hardest Phil Yearn and, and Kyle Abbott and more um, so yeah it's a, it's a slightly tricky one you know that a big part of uh, a big plank in Essex's victory has been has been a Colpack player um, but yeah that aside very pleased with James Foster as well the wicketkeeper this might be his last season still I, I was still kind of thinking he might get an England run at some point but uh, yeah he's talking about this being a good way to bow out but yeah it's all just a great story really isn't it and uh, fantastic that Essex can come through from Divi- Division 2 win the championship I mean it's almost like Leicester tone isn't it it is a Leicester-esque Leicester-esque event isn't it and you know just sort of just kind of illustrate the the sort of turnaround I guess across the board you know yeah, yeah you've got Middlesex winners last year uh, you know, fighting off relegation at the last. So, yeah, I think there's probably more of an opportunity in the county championship, isn't there, for for teams to come through? And there's not we haven't quite seen the sort of domination uh, that previous kind of eras have, have, have not say enjoyed, but have seen. Yeah, and that's that's why it's absolutely not like Leicester, really, is it? <laughs> because in Leicester's case, it was breaking into a you know what seemed to be a kind of cement elite top four, top six. And that just doesn't exist in the uh, in in cricket in the same way, does it? Um, no. But uh, but it's still it's still an impressive achievement. It's not something that happens every year. Well, it certainly doesn't. You know, 1992. Yeah, it's very very it was very very cool story and it, it, yeah, cool story, bro. All right, Tim. Well, let's uh, let's bring this one to an end, shall we? What, what 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 are you what are you up to? You're in Jersey, aren't you? How long are you there for? Uh, yeah, in Jersey for a few days, knee deep in triathlon this week. You're competing uh, in triathlon, are you? No, I'm not competing, uh, thankfully. Uh, <laughs> no, so there's this big Super League triathlon event, which is uh, being hosted in Ge- uh, in Jersey for the first time. Oh, here we go. There's another slip. It's all there. <laughs> okay. Trevor McDonald's not going to be happy with you, too. <laughs> uh, 
uh, yeah, it's been hosted in Jersey for the first time. So that's pretty exciting, uh, to say the least. It's, it, uh, you know, most of the world's best triathletes are involved. It's kind of a, you know, they're, they're sort of messing with the format. It's smaller, more compact course less predictable, more TV-friendly. You know, it's the sort of the, the T20 of triathlon, I guess. Mm. Uh, so it should be interesting. Uh, Johnny Brownlee is here. Uh, Mario Mola. Uh, yeah, no, it, it should be should be pretty cool, to be fair. No, that is really cool. I so like the way that you managed to bring that back to cricket as well. Yeah, well, so, I thought that, yeah, that's what my job is, really, isn't it? This experienced, experienced broadcaster. So, uh, no, it should be fun. So the first one they did was Hamilton Island, uh, in Australia, uh, so in March, and that it's quite a different island to Jersey. I don't know, I've not been, but it I don't know, there's not many people live there, is there? And you, you kind of uh, it's like a sort of touristy island, uh, sort of paradise, but yeah, Jersey sort of certainly more people, so it should be, yeah, it should be a great turnout. Keep an eye on Tony Kerr ITV on Facebook, absolutely, yeah, for all your reports. I don't know if we've said this though, uh, one of our friends, friend of the show. James Travers has the same name as Guernsey's leading triathlete. Headlines appear in the local paper all the time. Travers wins again. James Travers posts another record. So many people think that our friend James Travers is that James Travers and send him messages of congratulations <laughs> on winning another triathlon, which he's not done. And the other day, apparently, he got a text from his mum saying, oh, I saw you in the paper. Well done. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> like all our former teachers at school and stuff you know if i run into any of them they're like i'll do pass on my congratulations to james he's a real credit to the island <laughs> <laughs> a you know he doesn't actually correct anybody he just says thanks very much uh but b i feel quite sorry for the actual james travers as well <laughs> yeah he's, he's having to dilute his well yeah his acclaim is being diluted uh all right well anyway that is definitely the end of the show if you like what we do, find us on social media. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. You can, you know, you'll find it. Uh, I'm going to set up an Instagram page as well, an Instagram site. I know I promised to do that last time, but I am going to do that. Uh, send us an email, worldcricketshow at gmail.com and write a review for us on iTunes, which is a really great way to help out a podcast. Thank you to everybody who has done that. And if you want to support the show financially, two ways to do that. Firstly, you can go and do your shopping on Amazon and uh well that's not that's not the end of it uh, go go first of all to cricketshow.net and follow the link there anything you buy cost it doesn't cost you anything extra but uh but we just we just get a little bit of that money yeah, say, adam's uh, real surname is actually bezos so uh <laughs> that's why he goes by the name bezos okay <laughs> that's good Tade. That is so good. when he says go do your shopping on amazon he means just buy it yeah just use amazon more <laughs> adam bezos <laughs> and uh, and I don't know who are you, Tony? Tony Curry. You, you've been you've been trying to get me to shop at Curry's for a long time. <laughs> um, well, yeah, the other thing you can do is uh, go to Patreon, patreon.com slash cricket show, and just pledge a couple of bucks an episode, uh, which just helps to keep us afloat. So thanks to everyone who does do that. We are very very grateful. But yeah, that is it. I think we've managed to get to the end of this show, Tone. This is certainly the, the longest period of time that we've recorded an episode in. Yeah, in terms of, that'll be on, yeah, in the record books, the yeah. Wikipedia article. On the Wikipedia page, yeah. That's an absolute marathon. What is it, about 20, no, it's about 18 hours, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, around that. Every week there's something new and exciting for us, isn't there, Tone? Even 307 episodes in. 
we're constantly surprising ourselves. Still, bre- still breaking records. All right, we'll stay in school, kids, and we'll see you next time. Bye bye for now. Jerry. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.